sports gambling will soon be legal in Pittsburgh. That's if anybody wants to make the book and then pay 34% of the income as Pennsylvania wants. That is onerous and usurious. To use two terms you don't understand. Uh, it's too much money. How's that? The big is too high. There. Gamblers would understand that. Well, guess who wants to benefit from legalized sports gambling in the state of Pennsylvania? Guess who already has his hand out? Guess who wrote a letter to the state asking for money? The Hillbilly Prince. That's who. Bob Nutting. Nutting figures, hey, people are going to bet on pirate games, so where's my cut? Nutting wants a share of gambling revenue to pay for the upkeep of PNC Park. Now, between TV money, tech money, revenue sharing, and the $86 million the Pirates profited over the last two seasons, between all that, I would think the Pirates could and should pay for their own effing stadium upkeep. The taxpayers paid for PNC Park in the first place, and it's enabled Nutting to make hundreds of millions of dollars. He sure doesn't spend money on payroll. Nutting should pay for something, so why not upkeep on PNC Park? If this doesn't make you mad, it should. If this doesn't make you mad, you're a sucker. If this doesn't make you mad, you're stupid. This hick, hayseed, hillbilly, corncob pipe-smoking thief only wants one thing, and it's more. Give me more. I want more. I need to make more. Nutting's balls are as big as his entitlement. Hey, Bob Nutting, you're as crooked as a barrel full of fish hooks. Pay for your own damn stadium repair. And guess what? You just made the list. $86 million that some bitch made over the past two years, and he wants more free money for stadium upkeep. Yikes. The list brought to you by Matt Lord's Plumbing Cunt on a name you can trust. Call 412-367-0815 for all your plumbing, heating, and cooling needs. Some people are going to say, hey, what about the Steelers and them wanting the city and county to pay for more seats at Heinz Field and upkeep too? It's not the same thing. Just isn't. That money is in the deal that exists between the city and county, and the Steelers for seats and upkeep. That was agreed upon long ago, and a deal's a deal. This is Bob Nutting wanting more, having his hand out once again. That number again, 412-333-9939. Let's go to Bobby and Carnegie. Bobby, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, big fan. Uh, Just uh, hearing you talk about Grabner and Johnson, like just hearing it out loud, obviously I think Gradner's a much better player in general, and isn't that the point to get the best player available, right? The point's to get the best fit. Yeah. At a price you can afford that is logical within the context of your payroll and cap. I mean, I, I personally think we need another defenseman, like a like an or pick like back, you know, from like, 2009. I disagree. I mean, I don't think they need a physical defenseman, although Jack Johnson is probably approximate of that. Yeah, I just... uh, They need a guy who can skate and move the puck to fit in with the other defenseman. Yeah, so you want a skating defenseman, like a fast, like forward... I want the best defenseman they can get, and and Jack Johnson would be an okay partner for 
for Alexiak, and that would be a very physical bottom pair, and I think that might serve the Penguins well. Yeah, I like Alexiak, uh, Mark, and uh, I love the list segment. So thank you for the call. Thank you. I'm worried that they think Alexiak's better than he is, though, based on a very short tenure to date with the Penguins. Let's go to Brian in Greensburg. Brian, you're on the Martin Please hang up and try again if you need help. Let's go to Sarge on the road. Sarge, you're on with Double M. Double M, big fan, big fan. Right. Hey, when the stadiums were being built, we went from 6% to 7% sales tax. Wasn't that money going to the SEA and supposed to cover stadiums and repairs and stuff? Uh, I don't know. I could have sworn that was the whole point that we went from 6% to 7% in Allegheny County was to help. Well, I, I do know that, that, that at Heinz Field, because I've looked at that case, when the Steelers wanted more seats added, the SEA had to cover it. That was in the deal. So I think there is deal that gives Heinz uh, Field anyway, you know, money. But I, I you know, I, Bob Nutting just wants more. That's the point. I'm sure he does get some money for stadium upkeep, but it's obviously not 100%. He just wants more. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous. People need to wake up and boycott watching, boycott going. and No, they don't need to boycott. Profit. They need to do whatever makes them happy. If they enjoy going to a pirate game, uh, they should go. If they don't, they shouldn't. If they feel cheated, they shouldn't go. You see, attendance has fallen 50% since 2015, and that's not a boycott. That's organic. That's grassroots. That's dissatisfaction. Absolutely. Keep up the good work, man. Let's go to Jason and Robinson. Jason, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Great. Hey, with the sports gambling, I know that the leagues themselves are asking for a cut of the money, and I would assume that that would get split up among the owners, so I have no idea why an individual owner would need to beg for the money himself. Because you know what is more than some? More. Yeah. He just wants more. And, and, like, the league does want a cut of the gambling. I think I think most of the sports leagues, although I haven't heard football make that case yet, but, but the point is, I don't know that that money gets disseminated among the teams. It might just go to the league if they get a kickback from gambling. Well, where else would it go if not split up among the owners? The league. But I'm, it well, depends I how much money. I, I don't know, but... You know, that, that doesn't obscure the point that Nutting's begging for more. Uh, yeah, oh, no, I agree 100%. And I have no idea why. If I, I mean, I assume that he was If, 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 if Pennsylvania said to Bob Nutting, okay, we're going to pay for all your stadium upkeep with gambling money. Every dime of PNC Park upkeep will be paid for by, by, by gambling money. There are two things Bob Nutting would do. He would look for ways to fabricate... Uh, fictional stadium costs to try to get as much money as possible out of the state, and he would look for something else for the gambling money to pay for so he could get even more. Thank you for the call. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. We're going to talk baseball with John Parada. Uh, he's the owner-operator of the Parada Report, which covers MLB and Pirates baseball. But right now, if you want to talk about anything we've talked about, it, it's pretty much your last chance because we have Parada at 5.30 and Ask Mark Anything after that. So you want to talk what the weekend at the draft might hold for the Penguins? Dial 412-333-WXDX. You want to talk about Jack Johnson or Michael Grabner? Dial 412-333-WXDX. You want to talk about nutting, begging the state for that gambling revenue? Dial 
WXDX. It's the Mark Madden Show on 105.9. You know what a lot of people are saying on Twitter about the nutting letter to the state asking for gambling revenue to upkeep a PNC park? They think it's a hoax. They can't believe he would have that kind of balls. They would want that money. Uh, I'm surprised the bigger deal's not being made out of it in, in the media. I guess they're just used to him asking for more. More and more and more. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Let's go to Zach in the car. Zach, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Zach, you there? No, we lost Zach. Let's go to Nick in the car. Nick. Hey, Mark. How you doing? Um, Just a quick question. I'm curious what your thoughts on this is. Like you said, the the percentage of fans has fallen over the years in terms of attendance at PNC Park. At what point do you think that Bob Nutting will realize the dissatisfaction of the team and sell it if he ever does? The dissatisfaction of the paying customers, you mean? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean, yeah. Um, well, don't forget, he still gets that revenue sharing, that tech money, that TV money. And baseball yeah, is on the on the teams with low payrolls to spend more. But if his revenue is falling, how can they... You don't make him spend more. Uh, they'll try, but he won't. Maybe a little more, but not enough. I think what would have to happen for him to want to sell the team, Nick, yeah. would be for, for them to like draw literally two or 3000 a game, and uh, then he couldn't cut payroll enough to make the money he wants. It'd still make money, though. What's that say about the way baseball structured financially, that you could draw two or 3000 a game, and the Pirates would still be profitable? They really would be. It's flawed. Not not New York, it's not. The Yankees no. don't think so. Cub fans don't think so. Dodger fans don't think so. And let's not forget, that's who baseball's run for. The big cities. Big cities I, eat first. They eat I don't first. Disagree. Leaves the line open, 412-333-9939. Let's go to Joy in Greensburg. Joy, you're on with Double M. Hey, how are you today? How Hi, Joy. Good. So I'm wondering if this guy's having like a functional uh, stroke or something. He is lucky to own a great team, some a team that has the ability to be as great as they want to be, and one of the best cities in the world in a beautiful sports arena. And he's expecting everybody else to take care of it, so he can just put. Well, no, 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 no. Let me play devil's advocate, Joy. Why wouldn't Bob okay. not even think that when he's always gotten everything he wants before? When he's gotten everything for free, including the stadium itself, before. Well, that's just too bad because he's got great. No, teams, no, Joy, Joy, fans, it's Joy, it's teams. Joy, it's it's too bad for you. You're not going to win this I'm argument. Not. You're just not. Well, I think it's ridiculous to think. That oh, it is ridiculous. It has been money. for quite a long time, and, and and you know, I am for public funding for stadiums. I always argue with John Steigwald about that because he is not. He'd rather see all the teams move than stadiums publicly funded, which I always say, well, don't you cover sports? You really want them all to move? You'd be out of a job. But I do believe that when a stadium is publicly funded, and I'm for it, like I said, but then you should have to, you know, try to win. You should run it not like a business, but like you're the caretaker for the community, which I've always felt sports owners are. I think the town owns the team. The owner is the caretaker, the guy who does the books and, you know, makes what he can. Now, if Bob Nutting had paid for PNC Park totally, then he could run the team any way he wants, and I don't even think he would be open to criticism. But the public did pay for the stadium. Okay. But he wants more profits. 
doesn't it make sense to invest? I mean, not just money, no. but like, well, No, money. because because it's because if you invest to win, there's no guarantee you will, and no guarantee the people will show up anyway. Well, there's no guarantee, but there's never been a guarantee either way. No, no, actually, if you run a tight ship like him with a low budget, you can figure out pretty much what you're going to make before the season. And if attendance goes down, then you just cut payroll during the season, which he's going to do. Well, Joy, trust I, me on this. He knows exactly what he's doing, and in terms of business sense, he runs the team perfectly. Let's go to uh, Zach in the car. Zach, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, how you doing? Terrific. Uh, I think people are forgetting that Jack Johnson went through like family bankruptcy. Like his parents were taking all his money. Yeah, I so think he's estranged from his mom and dad. I think they they robbed him, and 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 then now now he's not broke, but doesn't have much money. Right, but when they talked about it at the trade deadline this year, they were talking about how. He was basically begging out of Columbus because he needed to make as much money in this contract as he could. Well, so well that, that, that's it. right. He is going to take the highest offer no matter where it is. Right. So that's not going to be Pittsburgh. He's, I, mean, I wouldn't I think, think so, but then again, I'm not sure what interest in him is. Don't forget, I mean, talk about bad timing, brah. He literally needs this contract for his life, like to support right. himself and his family you know, period, for a long time. These dollars have got to last, and he had the worst season he's ever had. Right. But, yeah, I mean, I just, you look, I think it's an easy So the point is Pittsburgh could Pittsburgh. be the highest bidder if there isn't much interest. But I, I tend to agree that you're right. Well, I think that's the first time I've ever heard you say that. Well, no, you agree with me. Why wouldn't you be right? Thank you for the call. Let's go to another Zach in the car. Zach, you're on with Double M. Hello, Mark. Hello. Um, so with the poor attendance continually thought at PNC Park, it's a stretch, but at what point does like a Permani say, you know what, we're not growing in your stadium, we don't want to be in here anymore? In other words, the vendor's down there. Correct. Yeah, I don't know, that, that's, that's, a good, that's a good question. Uh, they've always been charging more and more for advertising. I forget who it was, but they screwed somebody. I think it was a beer sponsor a few years ago. They were nigged on a deal because they had a higher offer. Like I said, these guys are shameless. Not in Coonley, the whole crew, they're shameless. They are they, they, uh, they are uncompromising sharks as businessmen. I don't let them run my baseball team, but, but they just are ruthless. Wasn't it very recently, too, that they switched from Coke to Pepsi or the other way around or something because of the high bid? I'm I'm sure if there was more money available, that's what they did. But but you see, that's why when people ask about you know him selling the team, I mean he will always find a way to maximize profit. Right. And one thing I will say, even though attendance is way down, I don't think it's ever going to go below fourteen, fifteen thousand a game. Do you? I think anybody who stopped going, who was going to stop going, has stopped going. I think it's more or less, you know, the season ticket holders are always going to be there because they're not going to be able to dump them or they want to keep it in their will in case they want to get good. But if they, they're not going to be able to sell their tickets by any means, not at face value, so why even bother? Well, it says a lot that the, 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 the paid attendance, the tickets sold, is clearly, if you look at the crowd, way above the people who show up. I'm not sure what that means. If you sell the ticket, you have the money, so they're probably not that upset, but it doesn't trend well moving forward.
Let's go to Jim in the car. Jim, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How you doing? What up? Hey, um, with the formula that uh, they're using right now and the profit margins they're making, is it possible to have a good team, pay for a good team, and still make the same profit margin? It's possible, but this way is more likely. So you never see any other owner? I'll give you an example. The Pirates were incredibly profitable in 2015 when they won 98 games, correct? Correct. Got some playoff revenue, too. I don't know the numbers. I know they made $86 million over the last two years, but they made a lot in 2015, I'm sure. So what they okay. should have done was increase payroll, kept Jay Happ, you know, kept the nucleus of that team together, kept a better pitching rotation on payroll than they did. But what if they do that and don't win? Well, I, I understand that, but I mean... I don't ever see a What if they do that, don't win, and the fans don't show? Well, that's... that's but, they're, but he's making his money with the fans not showing. I totally agree with you, but if the payroll's lower, he makes that much more money. True. Like, like believe me, there is absolute method to what Nutting and his staff do. I always laugh I, when people call up and say, oh, he doesn't know what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing, and it's not what you want him to do. I agree 100%. I would just... Was wondering if there's a scenario in place that if they paid paid out the wazoo and got a fill uh, the team that was you but know why would you pay out the what, here's the thing why would you pay out the wazoo to Nutting for a team that's in decline and has declining attendance? I agree. You're, you're that right said, that. that said, the franchise had added a ton of value in the time he's owned it. So yeah, he could sell it for a big buck. Actually, you know, it's one of those things where I'll give you an example. Bear with me on this. Maybe somebody will buy what I own as a result of what I'm saying. Do you know what a Victoriola is? No, I do not. A Victoriola is an ancient record player, like one of the first record players. You load a metal disc into this ornately crafted wooden box that has like a, a spool on it, a turn ta- a primitive turntable, stuff like that, right? I, I do know what you mean. And now. you turn the crank and it plays a song, right? Correct. You know how much that's worth? It's in perfect condition. Probably nothing. No, no, it's worth six or seven thousand dollars. Okay. Okay. Guess what it's worth to me? Nothing. Nothing because nobody will buy it. It's worth what it's worth, but nobody will buy it. So even though the pirates are worth what they're worth, I, I don't know how much interest there would be because this isn't a ton of billion, million, trillionaires that would buy it as a vanity thing. I think that Mario and Mister Burkle would have at one point, but I think that that time has. Long since come and gone. Up next, Baseball Talk, John Parada, 105.9. The entire Penguin schedule is out. And the Penguins don't play a back-to-back until the end of November. That happened 16 times last year. I haven't gone through and counted out how many this year, but no back-to-back until the end of November. The openers we knew is Thursday, October 4th against Washington. Two nights later, Montreal comes to town. And the following Thursday, Vegas comes to town. So the Penguins play their first three games at home and four of their first five. Joining me now to talk baseball, he's the owner and operator of the Parada Report, which covers MLB and the Pirates. He is John Parada. John, uh, what's the timetable like for Young Ho Gung to return to Pittsburgh? And how has he looked with class... Triple-A Indianapolis. What do you hear? Because I know his stats are only okay. Well, I, you know, what I've heard uh, is he's rusty, which, you know, 
kind of stands to reason since he missed all last season and in the first two months of this year. Uh, uh, I don't think that there really isn't a timetable. I've asked people, the Pirates, both on and off the record, and I don't think they're stonewalling me on this. I really don't think they know when he's going to come back because it is a rather unique situation where a guy sit out a whole year when it wasn't an injury situation, where he wasn't here with the team, like if he'd had a season-ending injury and they rehabbed him and they knew exactly you know, how he was coming along in his rehab. So it's a unique situation. And I think uh, basically he'll dictate his own timetable by how well he does at Indy. You know, he tore up the Florida State League, but that's Class A. But since he's got the Triple A, he struggled, and now he's got a little bit of an elbow issue. So I, I assume we won't see him very soon. And and again, he'll have to. He's going to have to prove his way back here because there really isn't a spot for him to play every day. They, they seem committed to Colin Moran at third, and he's heated up again here in the last few days, and uh, I don't think they're going to bench Jordy Mercer for a shortstop, and they got Josh Harrison at second. So, you know, it may be a little bit later, maybe after the trading deadline in July, once if they move one of the, you know, Harrison or, or Mercer or both, and a lineup spot opens. But, but right now, uh, I just don't see a, a place for him here, and I don't think he's even close to being ready from the people I've talked to that seen him. Why is Clint Hurdle, uh, the manager, why is he rotating the four outfielders? What is his reasoning? I don't think I've seen that spelled out. Well, he claims he's trying to get everybody rest. I think in a perfect world, Clint doesn't really want four starting outfielders. It makes his job harder. But Meadows played so well that it was uh, hard for them to send him down. That was the original plan. They thought he'd come up, get his feet wet, do okay and have no problem sending him out, but he played so well at the start that there was no way they could send him out. Uh, there really is, I don't think there is a set plan. When, when you talk to him, I think it's kind of by feel and just who he feels needs a day off, who he feels uh, matches up better with the, uh, you know, with that day's pitcher or what have you. And uh, I get the feeling he's uncomfortable with this. I don't think he, he likes the idea of trying to, you know, you want to play Meadows enough if he's up here not to stall his development, but yet you have three starting outfielders, and, and it's just a juggling act. But I think it's a headache for him, and, and really I, I think that I think the Pirates deep down would like to see Meadows cool off, and he has some, but not to the point he should be sent out yet. Boy, what's that say about really a team, struck? John, when they want one of their hottest hitters to cool off to make lineup decisions easier? Uh, what's wrong with just benching Polanco and playing him as needed, because when you look at the numbers for June, Polanco kept sucking, and the other three outfielders slumped. It's almost yep. like by denying the regulars' rhythm, uh, Hurdle cooled them off. Well, here's a surprise, especially with the Pirates. You would never guess this reason. Money. That's exactly what it is. They really hope, for one, they just don't want to admit that the whole Polanco thing was a mistake, giving them the five years, $35 million, and they feel that it's hard you know, to justify giving him that contract if they send him back down to the minors. So he has a scholarship here, and that's why he's not going down. And there's one National League Central player on another team who will remain nameless, but he told me this off the record, told me a few weeks ago, he said ever since the guy signed the contract, he's basically dogged it, and I, and I can't disagree with that. And in Meadows' case, the last thing they want is for him to spend the entire rest of the season here because he will have enough service time if that's the case to be arbitration eligible for four years instead of three years before he become free agent. And, and that would uh, definitely impact his salary. You know, he'd have a much higher salary by having an extra year arbitration right. So 
that's that's the deal right now. I, I think as soon as Meadows really starts to slump, he'll be gone so they can keep the service time down. And, again, I, I just think the baseball operations people, Neil Huntington and his people, just don't want to admit that they made a mistake with Polanco, and then they're being stubborn. And they're just, Well, John, you know, at what point do they admit that mistake? At what point do they cut their losses and trade them or whatever? Because he's been bad at the plate for, like, five months, and he seems very disengaged, doesn't he? He does. And, but, you know, all, all the other teams see it, too. The scouts see the same thing from other teams. And I don't think anyone really wants him at this point. And if anybody would take him, they would want the Pirates to pay the lion's share of that salary. And they wouldn't give the Pirates anything back other than like a third-line prospect or something. So, I mean, they're in a tough spot here with him. Uh, I mean, for me, he still has minor league options left. And I would, if I were running the show, and, I, and obviously I'm not, I would send him down, one, to teach him a lesson, and two, to see if he can get back on track. But... You know, he said something to Rod Beer Temple from The Athletic a few weeks back that, that really surprised me. He said uh, uh, because of his hamstrings, his chronic hamstring problems, he said, I might never be able to run 100% again. And if this guy's 25 years old and he can't run 100% and, and his speed is big, supposed to be a significant part of his game, then, boy, what a awful, awful contract. Either that, either that, John, or he's trying to manufacture an excuse for not running 100% because he doesn't want to. Yeah, and I think that's it too. And like like I said, you know, you talk to other players, you talk to scouts from other teams, and they're just appalled at his lack of effort. Now, uh, Josh Bell isn't disengaged. I I would never question his effort. I like him as a player, but he's having some struggles, isn't he? Uh, what's going wrong with Josh Bell? Yeah, you know, it's it's kind of hard to figure. I mean, you know. He looks so good as a rookie, and I think, you know, part of it is I think, you know, that the pitchers in the National League especially have a little bit more of a read on him now that he's been in the big leagues for a year and a half, and I think that plays part into it. And I think part of it is I'm not sure Josh Bell knows what kind of hitter he wants to be sometimes. I think part of him wants to be a gap-to-gap line drive hitter, and part of him wants to be a home run hitter, and you got to really choose one or the other. And and I think in this case, with this team and their lack of power and their lack of home run power, they need him to hit home runs more than hit for average. And uh, he's really doing neither right now. And, uh, you know, I know the kid, he certainly, you know, he's the opposite of Blanco. He'll work at it and he busts his butt and he puts in the hours, but it's just not happening for him either at the plate or in the field. He doesn't seem to be any better defensively either. We're talking to John Parada. Check out the Parada report. It covers MLB and the Pirates. Uh, the Pirate pitchers are up and down, John. Uh, the starters, good start, then a bad start. Can that be fixed over time, or is that just who they are? I see Tyon as maybe a guy who can break out of that. I think the other guys are just number four or five starters. How about you? Yeah, well, yeah, I would say definitely Williams for, for sure. I, I mean, I think Trevor Williams pitched a little over his head for a couple months, and now he's come back to reality. I do think the other guy beside Tyone are the young guys who, who I do think has some potential to be more than a number four or five is Chad Poole. And he, you know, he's really started to put things together. He's pitching tonight against the Diamondbacks here. And his last seven, eight starts, he's really pitched pretty well. And I mean, you just see maturity on his part now. It used to be the last couple of years in the beginning of this year when things would go wrong. You could, you'd almost see his heart beating through his chest. And now he seems a lot more relaxed, a lot more confident. And the guy has really good stuff. I mean, he throws hard. He has a good slider. And I think he's just finally getting to the point where he truly believes that he can succeed up here. And I'm not saying he's going to be a number one Cy Young type pitcher or, 
or even a, a perennial all-star. But I do think that Poole does have a chance to be uh, a better-than-average big league starter. And I, I think Tyone does, too. But the others, uh, they are what they are, like you said, a four or five. What's going right with the Pirates? I, I guess I should ask that. I don't want to be totally negative because, let's yeah. face it, uh, they're, they're around 500, and that's where we probably should have expected them to be all along. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I thought I, I thought if they finish 500 this year, that would be a good year, and I, I'm still not convinced they will end up at 500. But, you know, there there have definitely been some positives. I think Starling Marquez has come back and had a pretty good year after last year was basically torpedoed by his drug suspension. I mean, certainly Francisco Cervelli has, has had an outstanding year. Uh, probably be most likely got to represent him for the All-Star game in Washington next month. I think Elias Diaz, the backup catcher, is showing that he could be a number one catcher in the big leagues. He's drastically improved offensively and defensively this year. Uh, you know, I think Meadows has been a, a pleasant surprise. I think Joe Musgrove, and I should throw Joe Musgrove in there as somebody who I think might be more than a number four. And the reason why is I think the guy is very smart and he's very competitive and what he might make up for and lack is up he'll make up with intangibles. And I think, you know, he certainly looked good at times after missing the first two months. I, I think Colin Moran, the rookie third baseman, he's had some ups and downs, but there's been enough ups to make you think that he might be a decent big league third baseman for a while. So, uh, you know, it hasn't all been bad, but, uh, you know, it hasn't been as good since they got nine games over 500 in the middle of May. Nutting wants revenue from legalized sports gambling in Pennsylvania to pay for the upkeep of PNC Park. Well, John, you saw the letter, uh, right? I mean, does Nutting yeah. ever have enough? His hand is always never, out. Never, never, never. Uh, it, it's just—it's amazing. It's—it's it's embarrassing. It, I mean, it, it's just like at what point do you always have your hand out? I mean, this guy's a millionaire. He's a billionaire. I mean, it's—it's—it's it, it's, it's laughable. It's, it, but it's sad in a way. It's just like do you have like they have no shame. It's like they always have to have their hand out, always, and it just. You know, I don't understand it. They're already getting like $40 million a year for Major League Baseball and revenue sharing. They don't put the money into the team. It's very obvious. They're, they always have one of the lowest payrolls in baseball. And I know they're never going to have one of the top ten or maybe even the top half. But, but it, it's just ridiculous. It's utter, utterly ridiculous. Well, John, as we know, attendance is significantly down, 50% since 2015. What will ownership do if that continues? I mean, I think we both know the answer. You talked about guys that could get traded to the deadline. I think they might slash payroll to the bone if this oh, attendance yeah. drop keeps keeps going. Yeah, I think they will, too. I, I mean, I, I don't see. I think Josh Harrison will be gone at the deadline. I mean, he has two option years, 10 and a half and 11, which for a lot of teams will be automatic to pick up. But there's no way the Pirates are going to pay him that the next two years. I think with Diaz's... Uh, Emergence, they could trade Cervelli to somebody that needs a catcher, and that would save them $11.5 million next year in the last year of his contract. I think Corey Dickerson will be gone because if he goes to arbitration off what he's done so far, you're looking at a guy that's going to make 8 or $9 million next year. So, yeah, I mean, that payroll slashing could start in earnest here within the next month. And, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. I think uh, they'd cut it down to the bone. And to be honest, if they're just going to be a 500 team anyway, if you're going to be bad, you might as well just be bad all the way. And that's, that's probably might actually, if they're not going to try to win, they might as well try to lose big and, and get high draft picks. Yeah, but then they won't hold on to those guys either. John, how you feeling? All right. <laughs> feeling better? I'm feeling fine. Yeah. I am feeling good. No, uh, no pain. No, 
vaccine start uh, chemotherapy treatment on next Tuesday. But that's just uh, it's just precaution to make sure the cancer doesn't come back. And uh, the doctors are optimistic. And I figure they know a lot about more about it than I do. So if they're <laughs> optimistic, I'm optimistic. Well, good. That's good news, John. Thanks a bunch, and we'll talk real soon, I hope. My pleasure, Mark. Thanks for having me. Bud. That's John Parada. Check out the Parada Report. Uh, John's as good a baseball guy as there is in town, and he doesn't uh, drink the Kool-Aid. You may notice that when he speaks about the Pirates. Now it's time to ask Mark anything. It's very exciting. Ask me anything you want by dialing 412-333-WXDX. As noted, the Penguin schedule's been released. Uh, last year they played 19 back-to-back games. I thought it was I thought it was uh, 16, but it was 19 according to Jonathan Bomboli of the Trib. Uh, 19 situations where they played on one night and then the next night. This year it's only going to happen 11 times. The first one is until the end of November, and three of those back-to-backs, both the games are at home. So the schedule is a little less trepidatious. Although here's something I hate. The Penguins only have seven Saturday night home games. To me, man, growing up, that was the big deal. Saturday night hockey. Saturdays and Wednesdays at home at, at the Civic Arena. But I'll still go no matter when it is, and I can't complain too much because I get in free. Also... The Penguins play January 19th at Vegas. Then they have the entire next week off. That's the bye week. How many of those guys will just break it off in Vegas the night after or the day after that game? Me, I mean, I'm going to go to that game and stay there for a week. It's almost like the NHL schedule make, maker wants me to die on the floor of the Sapphire Gentlemen's Club. Which, let's face it, always was going to happen. Let's go. Uh, let's go to the phones. Is that an old talk radio staple? Let's go to the phones. Uh, Ask Mark Anything brought to you by Chapino Restaurant and Cigar Bar, the city's best seafood and chop house. Check out Chapino, located in the Strip. Let's go to Michael in Monroeville. Michael. Hi, Ask Mark, Mark Anything. How are you? Great. Uh, I have a question. You've mentioned in the past that you don't drink caffeinated beverages. Why is that? I haven't uh, drank caffeinated beverages for almost a decade now, except for a four-month relapse somewhere in the middle of that. But, I, well, you know why? Obviously, I have a lot more problems than caffeine. I mean, I'm fat. I have heart problems. But but the less caffeine, the better for your heart. Not that it's a major thing. I would be better served losing 100 pounds. But when you don't drink caffeine, you can sleep when you want to and wake up when you want to. I agree. I control my own sleeping habits now, and that that... You can't believe how much happier that's made me. I mean, I go to bed every night like at, at midnight, but I fall asleep right away, and I can wake up at 7, and I'm not tired. So so that's why. Let's go to Harry in Brookline. Harry, ask Mark anything. Hey, Mark. You yep. do Big Shot Bob's all the time. Yep. Big, sexy. It's the best. Awesome sauce. Yeah, that's cut, that's the spicy buffalo, uh, spicy buffalo parm. Yes. I believe there's some ranch uh, in there as well. What is your second choice? Because well, I can't stop eating those. Well, Steel City is the is the regular Buffalo Parm, but that's, you know, Big Sexy is a variation of that. Save Us 166 is my other flavor, and that's a, another variation of Buffalo Parm. I love Buffalo Parm, but I'll tell you that the, the, the one I go to and got just the other day at the new Sharpsburg location for Big Shop Pops, Frank Sinatra. That's the blue cheese one on top with the... The blue cheese is is, 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 is 
is almost, I don't know if it's baked, but, but the wings are prepared with the blue cheese on. Hmm. It gets the blue cheese flavor all the way through. Now, that's a messy wing, okay? You know uh, what my sec- they're, they're all messy, but they're freaking awesome. Well, no, you know what my secret is? Well, no, uh, the, the Buffalo Parm, the uh, Big Sexy aren't very messy. But if no. you want to get the Frank Sinatra, get the boneless ones. Boneless wings. Their boneless wings are just as good as their regular wings, and it's you can eat it with a fork, obviously. I, I, everything they have is good. Their tater tots, their fries, it's unbelievable. Thank you for the call. Let's go to Jeffrey now, Equipa. Jeffrey, ask Mark anything. What's up, Marky Mark? What up, Jeffrey? Okay, it's uh, we're talking a game of Oklahoma here. Bobby Boucher versus Forrest Gump. <laughs> Who's taking it? Boucher. Boucher all day? Yeah, Boucher knocks him out. Knocks him the frig out. Yeah, that, that is a pretty short field. I, I think I, I was going to take a water boy myself. <laughs> now, if it was a spelling contest, it might be a scoreless tie. <laughs> Thank you for the call. That's a great – what am I thinking of? Jeffrey. Oh, wait. Uh, I shouldn't have given you the Jeffrey. That was wrong. What's that from? Get him to the Greek. Yes. Let's go to Bill and Hopewell. Bill. Hey, Mark, you going to see Blue Oyster Cult? Well, uh, yes, because I appreciate it when history shows again and again how nature points out the folly of men. Godzilla! Yeah, I always go. I love Blue Oyster Cult. <laughs> see you there. You, you know what? Let me ask you this, though. How often do you go see them? I see them every time they're here, and I've traveled to see them occasionally. We went, we went to a little theater up in Warren, Pennsylvania, and saw them last year. They were fantastic. Now, you know my only complaint with them? I, I, I don't like their set list sometimes. Like, they yes. did this song that was a big FM staple called Take Me Away. Yes. They never play it live. It's one of their best songs. I mean, you get you get the classics all the time. You get Godzilla. You get Reaper. Burning for You. Uh, Cities on Flame. But, but, they, but they explore with some of the other songs, and I appreciate that. But I just want to hear Take Me Away. You know what, Mark? A lot of that, the Bouchards left, and they just do not play whatever the Bouchards had what were contributing. Yeah, but I, th- I think Buck Dharma sang. No, no, no. It, it, they, the Bouchards sang a couple songs. They never play those. Right. But, but right. Uh, who sang Take Me Away? Now i got to look it up. Oh, Thank boy. you for the call. I'm going to see if I can look it up before... We get off the air. Here's the video. I can't find it, damn it. Thanks for listening. Was that bad? 105.9.